You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Hello, Kristen. How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm just trying to get a sticker off the back of one of your guitars. Oh. It's bothering me. (laughs) Since you use that all the time, you're probably affected immensely by the sticker there. You want it to look pretty. I know only you see it, but that matters. Peel away. I will. I'll get back to it once we finish our... Beautiful introduction for this week's podcast episode. This episode with Maggie Andrew. I was really excited to meet Maggie. Yeah, she's super cool. Gosh, she has quite the life story for such a young gun. Yeah, in Halifax, from working at Tim Hortons to going to L.A. and having a hit song. A lot of, a lot of stuff in between. Four million downloads? More than that almost? Streams. Streams, yes. Okay. On Spotify. That's pretty incredible. And she has a new single out, Biting Ice Cream. Yeah, just out last Friday. Yeah. So we've been kind of binging on Maggie's music the last couple weeks. It's It's been fun. Yeah, she's super cool and funny and yeah, has a great story and she just seems like someone who's gonna like skyrocket. I love how herself she is. I struggle with that even as a middle-aged woman, but I feel like Maggie had that dialed in just as a kid. It just didn't matter. And and I just admire that about her now, how she's one of those people that just has a real presence and energy about her and seems like she's been in that element since she was a babes. Yeah, that's just who she is. She She owns it. Yes, and she's going to be performing at the ECMAs coming up. I hope we can yes. catch her set there. And uh, you've got some shows, showcases, I've shows, a, showcases. I've got a couple showcases at the ECMAs, and I'm playing in the ECMA hockey game and potentially the basketball game. We do talk about the basketball <laughs> yeah. game in this episode. I didn't make the team yet. You're, it's still pending? Yes. Well... I they they don't know what they're missing. We'll, well just say that, huh? We'll do. We'll see. What uh, basketball shorts would you wear? Uh, I'd probably just get an old pair of jeans and cut the legs off. Yeah, yeah. you should make them really short and tight. I think like seventy style. Maybe send them a picture of you wearing your basketball uniform, and that will seal the deal for getting on the team. You think? If you take the picture, okay. I'll send it. Okay. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> and I've got a show this weekend at the Carlton. Sold out. Nice and sold out with our pal and former guest, Elise Aaron and Garrett Taylor. Yeah, and we were lucky enough to catch their CD release show in Sydney yeah. last week. And it just, they put so much attention to detail and effort into the show. We're just beaming with pride for them both. So congrats, Elise and Garrett. And Look forward to seeing them again this weekend. Well, let's just jump right into this chat with Maggie. It's, uh, yeah, we go over a lot of stuff and it's amazing to hear about her life and her story. And like I said, it just seems like she's going to just skyrocket to fame coming up sooner than later. Yeah, keep your eyes on this one. 
Let's okay. go. Let's go, folks. Woo! <laughs> What do you think would make for a good ECMA basketball game mascot? A bird. A bird. <laughs> yeah. uh, a seagull. A seagull <laughs> yeah. eating McDonald's yeah. french fries. The East Coast Music Association seagulls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, like we have to, oh, oh, like you mean like your team, like your animal of your. I was thinking more what you were in line with. Like with a, the character, yes. Yeah, like someone in a suit who's going to come. Exactly, Flap but team wings. name matters too. Yeah, that's so true. So we we can the seagull mascot. That would be that would be a hard one to dress up as, but probably pretty. All fun. I know is that the shirts are black and pink. There's a pink Ooh. team and a black team. Some insider information. If you don't Do you know. know which team you're on, I'm not sure. I'm trying. I want to see what the shirt looks like so I can decide which one I want. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, Who cares about the players and the team? I kind of want to be on the black team just because, like. I'm black, so like I want to like be on the black team. Yeah, like, put me on that side. I wear mainly. I'm wearing a white shirt today, but I mainly wear dark shirts. You should be on, on the, the dark. I probably go on the black team. black mm-hmm. team. Yeah. Well, we've got two players then lined up for Team Black. Perfect. Yeah. We'll also take Maje and uh, Jody Upshaw on the Team Black. Okay. So we'll be on. Defeatable. You should really just maybe claim team captain <laughs> just, here. Yeah. And I don't know how to play basketball, team. so I'm like <laughs> perfect team captain. But like Mache's playing. He's I don't know if he's doing anything at the spot, but he's still playing because he's good. Yeah. Jody's probably team captain. So are you gonna do any drills before? I have a brand new basketball in my backseat. Okay. I haven't opened it. I, I saw Canadian you post tire. a picture <laughs> of the awesome. uh, basketballs at like Canadian Tire. Yeah, I went to Canadian Tire and like I hadn't been there in a long time and I was just like walking through. I was like, they have tennis rackets and I used to work at Canadian Tire too, but I hadn't gone in since I quit. <laughs> and then I was like, dang, I forgot like there's like cool basketballs here. And then I impulsively also bought a brand new soccer ball because there was one left. It's like the professional league ball, but it's pink. And I was like, I need that. So I have two brand new balls in my back seat that haven't been used yet. <laughs> Athlete of the year I'm sitting next to. Yeah. I, I was running wind sprints this morning to get ready for the game. <laughs> and and what, Mike, is a wind sprint to you these days? Well, you run to the end of the court and back <laughs> yeah. and do it a couple times That's until good. you can't breathe. And then you lay in the ground and cry. And You're really good uh-huh. at basketball tricks. Yeah. Like between yeah, the so legs. Yeah, so spinning and, the basketball on your yeah. finger. That's hard. Yeah, I, I've. I've had a basketball in my hand for probably like four hours a day for a long period of my life. So I just was around it a lot. And Hmm. the tricks, like I never like said, oh, I'm going to learn how to spin a ball on my finger. I just, just one day I just could. Mm. That's cool. Like, okay, I'll see if I can spin on a pencil. And I could. And just, you know, just (laughs) progress. What else did you spin the ball on? (laughs) (laughs) I never tried that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, this will be fun for yeah, our evening know. activity. So, Maggie, Andrew, what is going on? Welcome to our Hi. space. We're so glad I you're here. I love your space. I'm so happy to be here. This hot is so Jupiter exciting. sounds. Yes, I love it. There's so much hot sounds coming in here today. So, you've had an intriguing life so far, and you're Thanks. still very young. But we were just doing some research, and we saw that you were. Working at Canadian Tire, oh, sorry, no, not Canadian Tire, Tim Hortons. Yeah, that you went was first. From, you went from Tim Hortons to L.A. to having a basically a hit song with four million streams on Spotify. Then you came back to yeah. 
Halifax, Nova Scotia. Let's go way back to the beginning. Before you were 12 and got your first guitar, <laughs> we read that too. But uh, Where should we go first? So you grew up here in Nova Scotia. Yeah, Waverly? Yep. Yeah. Waverly. Good w- times over in Waverly. Yeah. And was music always in your life? Um, I think it definitely was, but I don't really have a musical family, like the family in my house. It was more so, I found out that I had an older brother who was going on tour and he was like in Japan and he was an Olympic snowboarder and all this stuff. And I was like, who's this guy? Like, I want to be like him. And then I met him and he gave me like my first CDs and stuff. And that's when, so from the time I was like four or five. Yeah. It's been like music life, but no real instruments until grade four. It's neat to look back at those moments when you, maybe it's a person Mm -hmm. or an experience you have that kind of shapes your path. You don't know it at the time, but, and so is he still in your life? Yes. Yeah. He's like my best friend. Yeah. (laughs) He's great. He was, he's definitely when people are like, oh, like, who's your biggest influences? I'm like, my older brother, Trevor, Mm -hmm. he just has had such an amazing life and he didn't go to university. And like, so I just saw that as like, I don't have to do that either because I kind of want to go down that path of just like, he's big on DIY, just like do things yourself. And I kind of just tried to figure out how to do that for myself. And with him as a guide, it was really, it was really cool and just nice to have someone who's done it in the family and just, be able to go there for advice and stuff when I didn't really know what exactly I was doing. Yeah. Was he around when you were a teenager? No. Yeah. So growing up, I have two, I have twin brothers who Mm -hmm. they're like my full brothers. So we grew up in the house together, but then I have Trevor and Robin who are my older, older brothers. So they're my half brothers, but don't even say that. Um, Obviously they're like twice my age. So they're gone, moved out by the time were growing up, but they would come to visit and that was always the best times because, you know, he would come from New York and they would bring me like their hand-me-down clothes and I'm like, oh my gosh, like you can't get stuff like that here. It's like these cool Converse or like these crazy neon clothes and stuff and I remember I'd wear them to school and I'd get bullied because it'd be like, what is that? And I'm like, no, it's cool, it's cool. Like (laughs) you just don't know yet. I remember I went to New York for the first time because they had flown us out there uh for labor day and we all went it was my first time on a plane and my my uh brother got me a pair of skinny jeans skinny jeans were not a thing yet (laughs) (laughs) and they were purple and had like they were like purple and pink acid wash came back went to school i wore them everyone's like where's your boot cut flare jeans i was like no no like these are cool i got them in new york they're like your legs look weird i'm like waited a year Everyone was in skinny jeans. You you set the trend here in Nova Scotia. I really did. I went to New York to bring the fashions back. Yes. <laughs> we're, always a, we're always a few years behind in fashion yeah. and maybe a few other things in Nova Scotia, but it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not very nice if you're getting bullied. For, it's cool. For wearing something that... Kids like to bully, though, and it's, it's fine because it just made me keep doing what I was doing because I thought it was cool. Like, I remember my mom tells this story all the time. In third grade, I had a raincoat that was pink and purple, yellow and blue, I think, and it had, like, patches all over it. My teachers called home and they were like, your daughter just brings such a smile to everyone's face Aww. because she dresses so... She's just so herself. And I was like, that's nice. Like, I didn't really know that until I was an adult that that happened so i was like 
cool. Like I was getting bullied for that raincoat, but it's nice to know the grownups like knew what was going on. <laughs> yes. It's rare to see that kind of confidence in yeah. adults, much less kids and much less kids that are being subjected to bullying. So mega yeah. high five for just being so true to yourself. I mean, I don't even like remember. Like, did I just black out my whole childhood or something? Because I think about these stories. My mom's telling me she's like, there was like an ice cream social at school or something. And you know how you do like those raffle baskets and you buy tickets. Apparently, I took a megaphone and I was like, come on, you parents, come on, spend some money, get your tickets. Good. And I was like, I don't even remember doing that. But she says it all the time. So I guess I did. So you weren't shy. I guess not. I don't know. I know that now, like as adult, I'm like not totally shy, but I definitely have noticed lately that I suffer from a lot of like social anxiety, even though when I talk, they're like, no, like, you're just like, you're so confident, whatever. But I'm like, when I think about certain things, it's like, I f just think about being judged in a situation, having people watch me while I'm doing something. Yeah. Am I going to mess up? Because I'm just very like, perfectionist. That's why I like being in the studio recording songs, because it's you can do as many takes as you want. And I've been avoiding like performing live for as long as I could. Now I have to do it. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, I'm nervous about that. But when I'm actually in the situation, I have to do it. I think it will be good. I feel like a lot of people who maybe have a big presence or mm -hmm. e even just online, like people like, oh, this person is like such an extrovert and yeah. they're just putting it all out there. A lot of those people, myself included, mm -hmm. do feel the way you feel. Like yeah. oh, you're in a crowd yeah. and 100%. Like, I see someone I know and like, I shouldn't be nervous to talk to them. I'm like, oh, what am I going to say? And yeah, like, just you're like, thinking. oh, they saw what I posted on the internet. <laughs> like, they saw me being an idiot. Because most of the time when you're posting stuff on the internet, you're kind of by yourself when you're doing that, yeah. but you're putting it out to your audience as this personality. It's like, I always forget about that sometimes because I'm just so, like, I'm good at social media. That's like one of my good strengths yeah. in life is just like posting and interacting with people. But then it's like, it comes to being in person. I'm like, Usually I can find something like I can always have chemistry with a human and speak with them and have a conversation. But sometimes it's definitely like, depending on who I'm meeting, it's like I'm anxious and I'm like, what do I even say? Or like, what if I don't know what to say back? Or they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to or something. It's just like, I always have like little responses in my head that I'm like prepared to have an answer. Like if someone asks me a question yeah. about something. Yeah. Yeah. And performing's a whole other oh level of that. Like show day, I imagine, I was thinking about this today because we're going to a couple of shows this weekend. Our friend Elise, who's yep. Elise and Garrett, who've been on the podcast, it's her album release. And hell yeah, she's, <laughs> I know she'll be just a superstar, oh my God, but I she's also amazing. understand because we're friends with her, mm -hmm. we know what goes into producing yeah. a, a night like that. And so, yes, it's exciting and you want it. Mm -hmm. But there's also this level of just anxiety. Imagine it's like your wedding day or big game day. And yeah. like you still, there's part of you that has to feel that it's as me well. before the UCMA basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's true. It's just like when you think about like you're about to give a performance to a big group of people. Like I literally haven't been on stage performing since high school. That was, and in those times it, people didn't know that I could sing. I just was like, I'm going to sack up and go audition for the like coffee house or lock stock is what they called the talent show. And like, I did it because I, when I got to high school, I was like, okay, 
I'm in a school with a bunch of kids who like don't know who I am. So nobody knows that I'm scared or nobody knows that I'm nervous. So it just like forced myself to do it. And it was great. And then everybody loved it. And I remember they were like, can you sing two songs? Because you just have a really good voice that like fills the room. And I was like, okay, cool. And I did it. But I remember the first time I got on stage and I sang in front of my school. I was sitting on a stool. I sang Jolene by Dolly Parton. Very ambitious song. (laughs) I had no sense of rhythm. Everyone started to clap. And I remember I like fucked up when I was playing guitar. And I was like, oh, no, like I need them to stop clapping. Because in my head, I'm like counting and they're messing me up. But everybody still clapped. And they were like, oh, my God, like, I don't know how she's doing this. Like, I would be so scared. And I'm like. And now, ever since then, I just like haven't done it again because it's like scary to me. But I'm going to on May 6th. Wow. <laughs> At the ECMAs. I know. I'm nervous, but I kept saying no to playing a showcase. But I was like, they'll never ask me again if I don't say yes. So I said yes. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Is it? I'm just going to flat out ask you this. Ask. Is it fear? I think it's maybe partly that. I just I know that. One, I'm, like, scared to mess up. I don't know what I'm going to say. Like, I've gotten public speaking awards, like, not to toot my own horn, but, like, I'm good at public speaking. And And spelling bees, right? Yeah, I'm good at those things. So it's, like, I know that I can do that, but it's, like, when you have to prepare something, like, beforehand, like, oh, you're going to talk here and say something about this. It's, like, I'm more of a person, you get in the room, you feel the energy, and it's, like, you kind of just go off that and you take whatever energy is in the room and go with that. It's like, if I'm going to say something about, I don't know, sad about what the song is about and that's not the vibe in the room and just, and I don't have something else prepared. It's like, I got to just flip the script and just do what I want. Definitely. I think also just because I have like social anxiety, it's like, I'm going to get in front of all these people and play these songs. What if I mess up or, you know, but I'm excited to do it because I kind of like picked my band members. Mm. So I have Willie Stratton's playing guitar in my band, which is like, he's one of my best friends and he's so great and just so supportive. So I'm really excited for that. Pat's playing drums for me. Both former podcast guests. Yes. Powerhouse musicians. Like your family is with you. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's going to be like a really memorable moment. Then I have Owen O-Sound playing keys with me. So we've got this freaking world-class musician with me. And then I have Aiden Zan Roland playing bass with me. So I'm just like, I feel like I have a good band of humans and we're going to rehearse and we're going to get it right. And it's going to just be a moment in time. And I'm excited because I'm also going to play guitar again on stage, which is like a nice, nice moment. I've been, Carlton taught me one of my songs and uh, been playing it every day and it's sounding good. So I'm really looking forward to that. But definitely I know that I do have fear over over whatever might happen in that situation it feels totally normal it's just i think it's nice it always to feels good when you're done it, yeah yeah it feels like a it's huge exactly. relief when you're done it's like rewarding and it feels good and people yeah. well you were so good whatever and it's like to know that you did good you did what you were going to do and then it's done like i definitely looking forward to that and my mom is coming and she's like never seen me do music things before i guess so that'll be like a nice thing so i'm hoping it'll be great and there's like teachers from my high school who are coming Mm. and like people i went the last time they ever saw me sing on stage was in high school so i have like old friends who are like oh my god like i need to see that so i'm just like feel the pressure i think of just like making sure that it's gonna live up to whatever they think in their head i guess but but i think that's 
And what I try to do is make the show the celebration, like yeah. the, the fun thing. Mm. And the work before, you got to really come yeah. on to it, you know? Like, yeah. like I, I've seen some professional athletes, fighters in particular, talk about how the fight is the easy part. Like most people, okay, that's the scariest thing imaginable yeah. because of all the training they've mm -hmm. done, all the work they've put in. Like, I'm just going to go out there and whatever happens, yeah. happens. And I know that in my heart, I put in the work mm -hmm. I needed to, to get to this point. I'm just going to go have fun. Yeah. I, th I think that's what it is too. I'm more like nervous, I guess, about the, like the rehearsing parts. Like I'm doing a performance coaching thing with the ECMAs yeah. this coming weekend. And it's like, it's more nerve-wracking to sing to people in a room that has, like, eight people in it yeah. in broad daylight. It's like, oh, I'm not, like, wearing, like, my nice clothes, you know? I'm not all, like, done up. It's, like, those situations where I'm, like, excited to do that again, but it, but nervous just about that feeling. Yeah. Well, thanks for being open about <laughs> that. Because I think it's one thing for, like, me, not a performer, I it's... It's refreshing to hear mm -hmm. that honesty. Yeah. A and also as somebody who might be coming up behind you that wants mm -hmm. to pursue a life in music, like, okay, this is normal to yeah. have a little bit of these butterflies. But I imagine that'll just energize you. And yeah. like everybody's there to celebrate you. Yeah. Like Mike was saying, it is a total celebration. The Maggie Andrew party, right? Yes. Yeah. Come to the party 30 minutes long. It'll be over before you know it. <laughs> What's the venue? <laughs> it's at the casino. It's in the 360 okay. lounge. Okay. 1020 to 1050. Nice. Good slot. Yes. I'm playing the casino as well. I think a different stage, so. Is it the cool room with the where they do the song? I don't know. Room? I didn't even <laughs> look it up. <laughs> Not I sure just... yet. We'll bounce back and forth <laughs> yeah. either way. Yeah, well, we'll see you nonetheless. Yeah. Are you playing the same day? Uh, I do the fifth and the sixth. Oh. So a couple gigs. Hope and with our, our game is on the, <laughs> the third. third. And then I'm in a hockey game on the sixth. Oh, you're doing too. that? Oh my gosh, you're doing everything. I'm going all out. You know? Oh, I'm gonna see you guys all week. Yeah, we're we're gonna celebrate. Yeah, that's it's that's the great thing about those the music festivals like yeah. the ECMAs or Music Nova Scotia Week is that it's a time when everyone comes together mm -hmm. and a lot of the time people are playing shows in different spots or yeah. doing whatever they're doing. But this brings everyone together mm -hmm. and you can really just catch up and yeah. just make new connections and it's true industry connections went last year and it was really fun it was like my first time i was just like oh because i had met willie and sarah and carlton and everyone and they were like oh we're going to the ecmas because they're playing i was like oh i'll just go so yeah. then i just drove down i went and it was so much fun and i was like i can't wait till next year yeah. like just so fun to be around so many musicians and like creatives and just meeting all these people who all have a like mind and what you're doing mm -hmm. and they understand it's just it's like a great vibe. I love and it a lot. Nominated for an award this year. Oh my gosh. Congrats. Thank you That's so huge. much. I feel good about it. Uh it felt really rewarding when I got that, you know, that nomination just because in my whole life it's like everyone's like, Yeah, oh, you're not black, duh, you're not dark enough. Duh. And now it's like now I have this nomination that's gonna be with me like forever. It's like never say that to me again. Cause yes. what what am I nominated for? African Canadian Artist of the Year. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, so it's, it's good. Does it? Yeah, that must feel validating. It does. It feels. It just. It feels really good because I've worked really hard and just to be in the space that I'm in while also, you know, claiming my own identity and this is who I am. And no matter what people say, it's still like 
this is who I am. This is what I do. This is my family. Like, this is where I come from. And it's like, I'm sorry, I can't help what I externally look like to you, but on the inside and who I am, like, this is just who I am as a person. And you can't like take that away from me by being like, oh, you're not black or your music doesn't sound black or whatever. It's like, fuck you. (laughs) It is. Yeah. And what does that mean? Exactly. This idea of enoughness, I think Mm -hmm. we deal with enough um, on our own. Like we question our own, be it talent or whatever, insert anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But for others to outright question that is like, this is not helping anybody. Well, it's just like anyone who's not doing what you're doing, they're always going to have something to say because they don't do it themselves. It's like someone is a designer and they're making clothes. Someone's going to say, oh, that's ugly. Did you make it? Like, do you know how to sew yourself? Or are you just sitting on the other side of the internet, just like typing comments, being yeah. like, that's ugly? Well, this is it's huge <laughs> for you to get this nomination. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. It feels good. And it just, you know, it's in that category is so many amazing artists just to be in the same zone as them, like yeah. Zamani and Jamila and Aquaculture and Owen. It's like, I love all of their music. And to know that you know, my music stands against what they're doing as well. It just feels really good. And like, especially moving back to Nova Scotia and being back on the East Coast, it's like, it feels nice to be recognized by the place where I come from. And yeah. yeah. Well, congrats. That's that's Thanks. amazing. We're very proud of you. Thank you, guys. I want to bring it back a little bit. You're, you're here with your ECMA nomination, but let's go back to 12-year-old Maggie. <laughs> let's go there. Getting her first guitar. <laughs> What, uh, when you got the guitar, were you learning other songs? Were you writing right away? Um, so the reason why I got a guitar, I think, was because they used to have the music program when I was in junior high called Rotations, and then they used to have music as one of them, and the teacher who taught it, everyone thought he was such a hard ass. I loved him because he was just, he was honest, he was awesome. He was teaching us guitar, and he was teaching us, like, you know, Every Rose Has Its Thorn is like the yeah. first song because every kid's like, what they don't have coordination at all. I went home, I was like, oh, we're learning guitar in school. Like, I just like, I wish I had one at home so that I could, you know, keep practicing. So then June came and it was my birthday and I got a guitar. I don't know where that guitar is now, but um, yeah, I had gotten that and I started, you know, I just continued with everything that we learned in that three month class at school. And then I was watching YouTube videos of, different songs that I liked and then I figured out oh you can go on like guitar chords or ultimate guitar or whatever and any song that you want is there with the chords and I would just just taught myself those and then I started to write my own songs after that because I was always writing poetry and stuff growing up and then I would go back I'd like look in some of the books that I had and I uh, was like let me just like try and put some chords and like write some more music to these and that's kind of what happened I would like go in my room shut the door and like just play my guitar on the bed and be in my own little world every time that I came home from school and late at night and stuff. And you found like safety in it? Comfort? Yeah, I think so. I think I just, you know, music is something that I've always loved. So it felt good to be able to make my own music. Yeah. That it, so I, you know, I would listen to whatever, like I loved Fleetwood Mac. And I remember the first like finger picking thing that I learned was Landslide. And uh, is that the song? Is his name? Am I? Yeah. Is that that's the name of the song? Sorry, yeah. I'm thinking of something else. But yeah, that was the first like progression that I learned finger picking. And I still do it now with like other 
chords and stuff. And I remember learning that and it showed my mom and she was so impressed. And I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm like onto something here. And then I just kept with it. And eventually I learned on piano first. Oh yeah. We got a piano on the side of the road <laughs> and my mom <laughs> like put it in the house. It was out of tune. I think mostly the whole time that we had it, but still sounded all right. So I like learned how to play that with like my left and my right hand. And, but I liked once I got a guitar cause I could just be in my room in my own space and I didn't have to like bang on the keys with my mom listening to Family Feud on 100 volume yeah. in the background. <laughs> like Steve Harvey's like, nope, that's not the answer. And I'm like, oh, like I can't focus. So it was just nice to get like a more like personal instrument, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's portable too. Yeah, exactly. I could like bring it anywhere. I remember, you know, I would take it to school and when you have like a free block of time, I would sit in the hallway and I would just play my guitar at school and one of my friends had a mandolin and she would bring it to school and we'd be like, all right, just like play these chords and let's just like have a little like jam in the hallway. And that was really cool. It just, it was a good sense of community too when you yeah. play an instrument and stuff. Uh, my buddy, Max Bujo, he used to tune my guitar for me <laughs> at school and stuff. So I, and now I see him, he's touring around playing music and it's just cool to see, you know, music has kind of like brought us back together as humans because it's, everybody's kind of in the same scene. Yeah. And you, so you went to college for a period of time and I know, (laughs) I know you may not have stayed there and thank goodness, really, in hindsight, you didn't because of what your life has since become. But did you feel like that was expected of you or that was the natural next step? I definitely, I went again, I had like a bursary and a scholarship thing, so it it didn't cost me any money to go. Mm -hmm. Um, All my friends were going into nursing and stuff and I am not good at math so I couldn't get into any other program I did get accepted into like environmental sciences or something at SMU but I was like I'm what am I gonna do with that I'm not really deep into things like that um and then the mount was the only school that had PR and I was like if anything may as well just go learn about public relations because those are the people that I'm gonna be working with doing music those courses they're just common sense. I was like, so I stopped going to school and I just started working full time and doing the work or whatever. And they were like, we're going to put you on academic probation if you don't come to school. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I'm just going to drop all my courses. And I did. Uh, sorry, mom. She thinks that I did my exams, but I, I <laughs> never actually did a university exam. I, Reveal here. Yeah. What's your mom's name? Terry Lynn. Oh, there yeah. <laughs> you go, TL. <laughs> the truth is out. Yeah, I didn't make it to the exams. I just, because my, I... The whole reason is because I had written this song and the basement apartment I was living in, I wrote it like 15 minutes before I had to go to work and I sent it to my brother Trevor and he was like, yo, like, this is a really good song. You need to come out here and record this. So I was like, what did you just say to me? Like, come come to Los Angeles, like the place I've been seeing in movies my whole life. I was mm. like, OK, cool. So I, he was like, all right, he flew me out for two weeks and he introduced me to a couple of people and he had a friend out there, Isaiah, who they had a back house and I would just go back there and just record and play guitar and stuff and went there, did that. And literally as soon as the plane touched the ground, I sent the email that was like, I'm dropping all my courses done with school. And then I never looked back since then. And this, at what age was this? Uh, 18. When do you graduate? This was in 2017. So I would have been 18 at this. Yeah. First year of university, 18. Yep. 
LA or bust. Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) It was scary, but you know, I went there two weeks and then I had come back to Nova Scotia and then I worked a little bit and then made some more money and then I went back again and then the guy I was dating at the time, we broke up while I was away and I was like, oh no, I have nowhere to live. Like, what do I do? My brother was like, don't worry about it. Like, we'll figure it out. Like, just stay here. And then we never looked back and we figured it out. I was there making music, meeting all kinds of people, like making so many friends and connections. It was just like, oh my God, like in Nova Scotia, I don't think I would have been able to do that in this magnitude. So it was just yeah, really changed my life and really grateful that I had that opportunity because I know lots of people are always like, how did you even like get to go there? And I was like, mm-hmm. luck of the draw. Like it, I didn't even know that they were moving there and they had moved there and they were like, just come on out and, you know, stay with us, help with the kids and you make your music and the rest is history. And And you signed to a label while you were there, right? I signed to the label. Uh, during COVID time while I was okay. still there, things were like, once COVID started, it was insane. Like, you know, we're on lockdown. We're in one of the worst cities in the world to be in. Like, we didn't leave our house for like six months. We just stayed there and would only go in our backyard. You know, it's like crazy. There's all of the, uh, they had like the National Guard, like driving up and down the street mm-hmm. once they had the curfews put in place. So I was like, oh my God, like, I just need to like, figure something out like what is going on so i had been talking with uh sony at the time a little bit and they had sent me some things and they were like you can write some music to these instrumentals and i did it and they had offered me something but i just like i it don't i didn't think it was for me so i said no then my brother had introduced me to someone else and um i had a project already done which was the trilogy and all of that was finished and ready to go so my brother had like the SoundCloud link and was just kind of sending it around to people being like, hey, like, check out my sister's music. And, you know, usually when someone says that, you're like, oh, like, you don't think it's going to be good. It's like, oh, mm. this is it. But then someone heard it. They were like, oh, my God, like, I was just floored when I heard it. I kept listening to it. So then I had signed with Black Box in 2020 uh, while I was still in L.A. because I was like, I just got to get out of here and like start making some moves. And uh, during that time good friend of mine Andy Hines his him and his family were living in LA and they messaged me they were like we're going back to Nova Scotia do you want to come and I was like oh my god (laughs) yes like it's too crazy here like I just like it was time so I moved in with them for a little bit last days in LA talked with Andy like we had been planning the the Honda Civic music video for like two years before we had even gotten back to Nova Scotia so living with him you know we're planning all that out and uh we came back here I was still with Black Box until just last year, but we did the whole trilogy together. We made all of those amazing music videos and we did the Sleep Forever with Black Bear came out with uh, Black Box as well. And everything there was amazing. And then just because of some creative differences, like we just had to, you know, call quits and cut ties. And now you're totally... Maggie Andrew is the boss. Yeah, I am. I'm back again. It feels so good. It just, you know, when you're young, I mean, I was like reading that contract and stuff and you just have to know what's best for you in the time. And I am really grateful that they did let me out of the deal because it was intense and just wearing on my mental health and stuff. And it was nice that they were able to recognize that and they, you know, for an artist, 
I need my mental health, otherwise I can't yeah. do anything. So it was really good to uh, have them do that and have what we did together because that's always going to be there. And it is a big part of my story and it's something in the future as I move on with music and stuff. It's just a good lesson learned and a good experience to have just in my back pocket. So I know going into anything else, what I really do want. For sure. Yeah. It's such a young age to move yeah. across the world, essentially. Like <laughs> LA's a far enough. Yeah, it's flight. on the other coast. In and the and other... like you're saying, it's something we kind of grow up as seeing as in the in the movies. Yeah. Like it's kind of this mysterious place. And yeah. Like I, I genuinely am curious, and I know listeners mm-hmm. from small town Nova yeah. Scotia, which <laughs> makes up a lot of our listenership, yes. glamorize it in this way. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to talk more about just did the lifestyle, maybe the opportunities, the people you met align with what you imagined it would be? Um, I think that it did. Well, I mean, my brother is an artist and uh, my sister-in-law, she, they are both artists and they're both in the music scene and stuff. So I did kind of have that little bit of a push or like just the door was a little bit more open because mm-hmm. of that. And, you know, I had... a all of these people to look up to, ask questions if I needed help. But I did, I didn't have any friends there for the first year and a half I was there because it's really hard to find people who are genuine, people who aren't trying to like get something from you or use you for their own personal gain. So I found myself just really like hanging out with my brother and hanging out with my nephew and my my niece and stuff. It's like, it took a long time to find a solid group of friends that were weird and like quirky and, you know, they just wanted to hang out and like have a good time. Um, but once I did meet those people, all of their everything kind of aligned and it made sense and it felt really good. And I don't think I ever really had an experience there that was horrible or awful, maybe like one or two like communications with someone but never like in a room that I didn't feel comfortable in and Mm -hmm. I kind of made my own group of friends off of who I had met through my brother and people like that like I had met Ash Riser who we did uh, Sleep Forever together and we wrote all my first songs together that was like we're sitting in like a little loft apartment downtown LA like there's like ambulances and police cars and fire trucks like all over the place all the time crazy stuff happening we're just like locked in this like little loft apartment like vibing out writing songs and just we would spend like all day and all night together for a couple weeks um just making music and just catching a vibe and we became really really good friends and uh without him I wouldn't have had sleep forever and he passed away uh last year in July oh. so that was oh. Yeah, that was really sad, but um, or not last the year before, but um, with I was glad that he was alive to just kind of see what we had made and his like little apartment made it so far and like you know Bear thought the song was cool enough and was like yeah like send me the thing with the open verse and so I was just glad he got to see like it hit a million streams before he passed away so I was like that was I'm glad that he got to see the fruit of his labor like yeah. really make it so yeah definitely. L.A. was really, really nice. There were some times, there were a couple people that I hung out with before I really found that group of friends that were, like, crazy and very strange, just very, like, your typical, like, crazy L.A. girl. Mm-hmm. I had one of those friends. <laughs> really, bad. like, we stopped being friends because I had gone to a show and with someone else, uh, and she was like, you didn't take me because you don't want to give me your connections, and 
she was like, I literally will kill you. And I was like, oh, my God, like, you're serious. Like, I can't ever see you again. Right. Like, I think she means it. (laughs) She really did. Yeah. It just so there's like people like you see different sides of their personality. That is very prevalent in L.A. It's very uh, you can see you can like you're a human being, like especially if you're from Nova Scotia, you can see through someone's like bullshit pretty quick. Like, you know, if a person is genuine or if they're just like acting a certain way to like get something. So think having that little like small town yeah it's funny you say that because i've often used that as a rebuttal to maybe our parents or something that's like oh you're going to columbia or you're going to new york or whatever and it's like well i would use the same discretion there as i would in halifax like i'm also not walking down dark back alleys at 3 a.m out of my mind here so it's yes the same sense of logic can be applied no matter where you live yeah la i like i oh my gosh like i miss it so much i wish that i was there but also i'm really enjoying just being in nova scotia and like the sense of community that's here and the friends that are here that i didn't see for years because i was gone so i'm really just like soaking it all in like being back here and uh definitely do want to get back out to la because i want to see my family and i want to see my friends who are like i've got so many messages that were like hey come to the studio and like i'm not in la i'm literally in nova scotia and i like felt like i missed out on a lot of opportunities there but I'm but like, you found new opportunities here. Exactly. Though, right? I'm like making up for it here. I'm like, frig you. I'm not coming to the studio. I'm in Nova Scotia making songs of Corey LaRue. <laughs> hey, good. There's good studios yeah, and people here totally. too. Right? Yeah. And I feel like your life is just on fire right now. Like everything is just vibrating. Yeah, I mean, and like, what am I even doing? Things are going amazing. <laughs> yeah. So maybe yeah. this is exactly where you're meant to be. Yeah. I think it's been pretty good too. Because when I came back, uh, when I went to the UCMAs last year, I had met. Uh, Vivian Barclay from Warner Chapel and they had come out there because they thought I was performing but I wasn't so I decided not to make that mistake again this year but (laughs) because I'd met her there um, they had invited me to a song camp in the summertime uh, last year with Warner Chapel so it was like I went up for the weekend and did that and they set me up with some other sessions so it was nice to just make some other like Canadian connections of like people who are producing in toronto where it's like i could just get on a flight for like a hundred bucks and go out there and work for a week or whatever and i don't need to go all the way to la all the time because you're just making a new network of people which i'm very thankful for just to have people kind of all over we have a very very special sponsor of this episode that we both love dearly with all our hearts the rustic Rustic crust Crust pizza Pizza. yum 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 in upper tantalan nova scotia these folks started off in a food truck and they now have a fully functioning restaurant they've got a beer garden for the summertime they get rent out for private events they have everything there yeah i can honestly say it's my favorite pizza in the world like Really, 10 out of 10, so delicious. It's my favorite spot to eat. And I play a lot of gigs there. They treat me like a god when I go there. They're so nice. It's hard to believe that a local pizza spot is such good supporters of the arts. They're also very supportive of community events. They have taken in a Ukrainian family. They're always giving to fundraising events. They're just amazing people across the board. And you have your art showcase there too. I've got an art up 
there right now. And I have to say, I love their pizza as well, of course, but their Caesar salad is exceptional. Next level. The pizza is wood fired, which makes it absolutely delicious. And the tomatoes and flour are both from Italy. They've got an awesome collection of local craft beer and wine. So you're sure to have a great drink to pair with your pizza. All of our guests that come to stay with us, we bring them there for a meal. You can find this sweet little restaurant at 10 Sunny's Road in Upper Tan Talon. They're open Tuesday to Sunday year-round, and their website is therusticcrustpizzeria.com. Yeah, you should definitely check it out if you're in the area. You can go to the beer garden, you can go inside. It's a cool house converted into a restaurant. Great people doing great things that we truly are huge fans of, so check them out now. Rustic Crust! Rustic Crust! It sounds like the industry, well, the industry has changed. We we know that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mike, you would have started your career in music at more or less the same age. Your path may have looked different, but... It was like, very different, yeah. Yes, very different. <laughs> we, uh, well, back, back when I started, uh, the only way to get an audience was to play shows. So oh, my gosh. My worst <laughs> We were playing hundreds of shows a year, yeah. just every thursday friday saturday somewhere mm-hmm. and just traveling and nonstop, and it's it's super interesting that the industry shifted in that way and also that you can kind of you can kind of create the path you want you can yeah. still tour a lot if you want mm-hmm. or you can just create a bunch of content and put it out in a way where you can reach people yeah. and reach a wide audience or do both, you know, like there's mm-hmm. so many ways you can go about it yeah. and, and merging. Like right now I'm kind of merging the, the two worlds where. Your guys' s- content is really still, good. <laughs> <laughs> still play a lot, but be heavy with the content. Yeah. Didn't start a TikTok yet though. So we might it, have to get some tips you from you on that. We want to start a, is it book talk? Well, there's, it's just in TikTok. Yes. There's like. Like a subgenre for yeah. authors. Yeah. We're thinking that might be a do place it. to explore. Yeah. But you can do yes, a lot of things. We need a, t- a tutorial. You guys. Okay. TikTok Thank you. world is like pretty. Once you get on and you understand it, it's like pretty easy to navigate, even though I've been like, I haven't posted very much in the last little while just because I just didn't feel like it. Like it's yeah. hard to just like pumping out content is hard hard like there was a point in time like when I was just like on it on it on it and that's when I started getting a lot of followers views and likes and stuff and then I just it was like it's too much for me and like I don't want to be a content creator I want to be an artist and I want to be a songwriter and a musician I don't want to be like this person who needs to get in front of the camera and be like this friggin' personality all the time. Totally. Because Do you think they're one and the same now though? It feels like it ever yeah. since COVID because it's like attention spans are so short. You have to be able to keep people's attention. It's like, I don't want to have like a TikTok song though, but it's like, that's what people are always looking for. And it's like, I just want to make something that's going to last and like stand the test of time, not be like, Oh my God, I've heard this song a million times. It's so annoying. I wish like they would stop playing it or like the song sucks and I just don't want to be that. I just want to make things that feel authentic to me and like not have to push them and like feel like I'm advertising all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just like, if you want to listen to my music and if you like me as a human, that's why I like Instagram. My Instagram has been there for like years. And like, those are people who have been like following me throughout like my whole journey. And on there is where I feel like I can be more myself 
Because on TikTok, it's like, I got to get in front of the camera and be like, oh, hey, everybody, it's Maggie. We got a new song coming out. Like, go listen to it. It's like, I just don't want to do that. I I really like making content, but I hate having to promote so many things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I got a new album come out, new song yeah, coming out. Yeah, I don't out. like doing that we stuff. We have a book we're coming out. We have a new podcast episode. <laughs> and between myself and Kristen, we create yeah. so many different things. We're always selling something yeah i feel like that part is it's hard it's even when we were filming the trilogy they were like okay now you have to do like the one-liners where you're like hey everyone my new song is out go listen on spotify or ask your amazon alexa to say this and i was like i just don't feel comfortable like in front because that's not me to be like right but there's ways to do it to you know like i like to just like joke like literally like just like make a joke of myself when i'm like hey like go listen to my song or like do this that the other thing because it gets repetitive and then people are like oh i've seen this a thousand times but it's like what else are we going to do in the age of internet when everybody is promoting something if i only do it once well jim bob up here is going to promote their thing 20 times and they're going to get more things than me so you just kind of have to like balance it out i guess and just put your own personality exactly your guys is like the town heroes content is so good every time i'm on facebook i just like i see it and it's hilarious and it's smart and it makes me watch the whole entire thing thank you well and that's a good point about (laughs) it like your authenticity shines through and it is a hard thing to do because you have to ask like how real is it to Mm -hmm. sit and talk about myself if that isn't something that comes naturally but we all know that for the most part nobody else is going to do that for us yeah so it's striking that balance you gotta be your biggest fan you gotta Yeah. yeah but it is a weird thing Especially when those worlds collide mm-hmm. in, yep. am I an artist or a content creator? Like you're saying, Mike, nowadays it's kind of one and the same. Yeah. And that that really, I guess, was what I was curious about hearing mm-hmm. from you, Maggie, because you are entering the industry in a completely yep. different historical time than, than Mike and would old have. Mike yeah. And old Michael. I mean, like I... It's definitely just because a lot of the people that are making songs on TikTok too, it's like they don't even want to be like famous or be huge musicians they're just showing what they make in their room or whatever and they just want to put it out there then people end up liking it and then it becomes this huge thing but they're like oh no like i don't want to go on tour and i don't want to perform or do i just want to be at home in my one space and just make music in the solidarity of my own you know company like i don't want to be around other people and for me like my dream is like to do like a big world tour. Obviously, got to get over my friggin' like, anxiety. But like in my brain, I like I'm always like, oh my god! Like I love Miley Cyrus so much, and I watch her perform, and like I just want to do that so bad. And that's like my goal in life is to definitely be like a good ranking touring musician who goes on a big world tour. That's like that's so cool. It's so cool <laughs> that you know that too. Well, because anytime someone's like, oh, what does your live show look like? I'm like, oh, there's flames shooting out of the stage during this part of my song. They're like, no, 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 think smaller. I'm like, I don't know how. Like, in my brain, I just like, I want like this light show and I want these clothes and like the hair and whatever and the band to do this and that. And it's like, all right, tone it down. Like, what's your show at the casino going to look like? And I'm like, well, probably still like that. Like, a little no- bit of fire. <laughs> yeah, a yeah. little bit of flames. Everyone's going to bring their lighters <laughs> and just like light them when I say. But yeah, it's just like those type of things because I I think I've always just thought big because if you go big, then you can like go down, I guess, rather than thinking small and then working your way up. 
we see you before you came mike and i are both like she's so hollywood like she's oh just God, such a thanks. star you it just feels thanks. very <laughs> natural for you you just have a presence thanks. about you uh i think willie is the only other guest that we've had where i had to ask oh, about fashion love him <laughs> but i have to go there with you too because it feels like mm-hmm. such a big part of your identity is. is like how you show up the power that yeah. gives you like talk about that part of the show i definitely i it's just like i love doing photo shoots and stuff it's like having you know my i have like my glam team here i have Chantel, who she always does my hair and michaela jessam she does my makeup all the time mm-hmm. and we're always sending looks of like maybe we should try this and i'm always just so like into the glamour of things but also i have like two different styles basically i have like my full like double xl baggy clothes or it's like sparkles and like a big coat with giant boots or something it's just like when you feel good and like when you dress well you just feel a lot better about yourself and which you know it's going to sound shallow but like in a performance sense it's like if i'm looking nice and i'm presenting myself in front of a room of people i feel a lot better about myself and like i feel like i'm in the mentality of like the star that i want to be basically it's like you know I put my own flair on it or whatever, but I've always loved fashion and just like dressing different or like finding cool clothes that maybe other people aren't going to have around me. And it's like, I really enjoy that. It's one of my number one things is like the fashion. I've been thinking about what I'm going to wear to the ECMAs for like three months now. Yes, same. <laughs> and I'm in the audience. So <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just like, I have no idea. But you're right. It's it's about how you feel and yeah. whatever it takes, be it fashion or anything, like yeah. if it can give you that sense of I guess confidence. also now in like the age of content, it's like, okay, someone's going to be there taking pictures. Like I got to yeah. make sure that I look the part so that when I go to post it, it's like, oh, you weren't just like playing at the park. You were playing at the casino wearing a sparkly shirt or something. And like you're you were done up and you were ready for that moment Mm -hmm. so yeah a lot of planning a lot of things like that but i love fashion and it's the same like when i saw willie for the first time i was like oh my god this guy is like he gets it yeah he just like he has so many different like lanes of style too but you know that it's like that's willie that's him like and it's i guess it's part of the aesthetic too it's like i want to represent my music as well with my clothing Mm -hmm. and express myself and you know, day to day, it's like I'm not wearing clothes like that. So when you get a chance to wear, you know, like a nice dress or a crazy outfit that you wouldn't wear to just go to Sobeys or go to Walmart or whatever, it's like I like to take advantage of that 100% because other, especially being in Nova Scotia, I remember I wore something to like the marquee and people were like, what are you wearing? I was like, I was going out on the town. <laughs> what do you mean? Like I'm wearing my cowboy boots and my Tupac shirt. Like. Yes, it's my thing. <laughs> I think I think performing you you have to do something that's memorable. Yeah, and the what you wear is just part of that. Yeah, and it does again. It's all about your personality, mm-hmm. like how yeah. you can lean into your personality to showcase mm-hmm. that in a memorable way. And we do more, I guess, jokey things. Yeah, like you guys are hilarious. We showed up at the. <laughs> the red carpet the ECMAs last year with yeah. an actual vacuum. So we, we vacuumed <laughs> yeah, yeah, the red hilarious. carpet the whole time. And that's where you still run into people like, oh, you guys had the vacuum out. And like we had suits on. What are you suits guys going to this year? So, Surprise. Well, I don't think we're on the red carpet this <laughs> year. So you well, just come anyway. Yeah. Bring the vacuum Bring your back. basketball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll just your spin it the stick. whole time. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bruce can bring a ball hockey. Yeah, you stick. guys are funny. I I feel like I'm funny, but I can't be funny like that. I just like if I'm having a conversation, it's like I'm quick to like make a joke about something or like connect it to something to make someone laugh. But if I'm just like by myself, I'm like, I don't think I could ever be a comedian. Nobody would laugh. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, but you're. Cool. You have the cool factor, oh, yeah, like, yeah, you, just like we're we're top. we're goofy because like it's I don't awesome. Know, it's just, though. I like that. That is our personalities, and that's just kind of what we like to do. And if we if we tried to look as cool as you <laughs> oh, look, we just look like people yeah, would but, think like, it was a comedy cool. act. Yeah, there's a, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. You guys should just dress like me and show up at the red carpet. As me, <laughs> maybe well, you should dress them like you. I should, should be their stylist. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just wear a Celine Dion like, t-shirt. I mean, I'm my only bit is like the clam queen. That's probably like that's all I got going for me because ever since I started hanging out with Carlton, got that Cape Breton on lock. Like I'm like, oh, I'm the clam queen, boy. I'm going down clam down the shore. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a that's a vibe. Uh, yeah, you know? well, when I'm in Nova Scotia, you know, it's all clam queen. So I don't even like clams. That's the bit. That's like the yeah. bit. I tried them and I don't like them, but I can't get rid of lobster. Do you like lobster? Um, as a young person, I didn't like seafood, but I've been like trying it more. I love mussels. Lobsters, not now too Now that bad. you're old. Now yeah. that like my taste buds have changed, I think, because, you know, like your parents are always like, oh, you don't like it, but your taste buds will change when you grow up. Yeah. What does that mean? Like, will they? What, did my tongue fall off? Right. Like, I don't know, but I tried it again. I, I do like lobster a little bit. It's like, I don't want to eat too much, but I think it's good. Yeah. The only thing I don't really, I don't like clams and I don't really like scallops. I think taste buds, I don't know if my taste buds evolved or I just went through a very poor period <laughs> where I, I couldn't afford anything oh and God, I'll just, me. I'll eat whatever I can. And my first band, like we all dropped out of school, yeah. moved to Halifax to pursue music mm -hmm. and five of us were surviving off just the band. None of us had jobs. So jobs aside from music and we... We were basically <laughs> malnourished and, and <laughs> any, we had a buddy who would show up like once a week and he he had a decent job and yeah. he was like, you guys are pathetic. And he'd show up with 36 Big Macs and we'd eat, uh, oh we'd eat six each and a, and a McFlurry. wonder and what that would cost that in would today's hold, economy. Oh, yeah. Hold us over for a week. <laughs> in one sitting, you'd eat the six? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that sounds great. You you're don't eat for starving. a day For a week, a you've got to. Yeah. Yes. Well, when Mike up. and I first started a date, like, I'm pretty sure we're together because I fed you when we <laughs> first met. Amongst other things. Like, but. one of the first dates we had, he had a show and I had made yeah. a lasagna and you came to my apartment. Like, I don't know that we spoke until the lasagna pan was empty and then you could kind of <laughs> chill. Like, oh, coming back to life. Yeah. But, no, yeah. there's definitely the big starving artist thing is yeah. very true. I remember the, my last trip to L.A., I was like eating 7-Eleven taquitos every day. I would, like, have one. I'd be, like, rationing. Ration. Like, yeah. like, I'm starving. Like, I can't afford Uber Eats and, like, I can't afford an Uber to, like, get to the store. So I'll walk to 7-Eleven. I'll get, like, three taquitos and I'll eat one for breakfast, one for lunch, and one for dinner. And, like, commitment. You get it down to a system. Yeah, right? it's just, like, man, it's, sometimes you just can't eat. <laughs> you can't afford to eat, like, the way you want to. Yeah. So you got to just, like... Take what you can get. If you can eat like a granola bar or something or like a banana, if you can even get that, it's like 
And it's and it's all because you're looking at the big picture. You're yeah. going after your dream, right? You yeah. have this you have this life and vision where you're playing these huge stages with fire yeah. and <laughs> dancers. Like, I can't eat for the rest so, of my life. <laughs> so you're sad, but really you're making these sacrifices because yeah, it's you true. realize, okay, this to accomplish this vision, I have to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And if I put my money on this, I can't do this. Yeah. And it's just kind of a balancing act yeah. of figuring out. I mean, now it's been nice, the whole content thing, because it's like I can't get like brands to send me anything except for food things. It's oh, like yeah. King of Donair just sent me a bunch you of You got stuff. a King of Donair yeah. shirt on. Yes. Just got that in the mail. Yeah. They sent me that. Like Craft Dinner sent me something. Really? Yeah, it's like I'm getting like food stuff, but it's like, oh, I want like clothes. <laughs> right. But they're like. I no clothes for you. I want a like, spa membership for yeah, the year. Yeah, just like, what other like cool like sponsory things can I have? Like, I think that's all our our so we've had uh, made with local, which is granola bars, yeah. and right now rustic crust pizza. pizza. Never yeah. gonna so complain about food. food though. Yeah, yeah, free food is incredible. Exactly. Because somebody asked us, "Oh, do you make money from podcasting?" And for the most part, no. I mean, if you're in the upper echelon yeah. and getting these sponsors, but. We are getting paid in food. In different ways. In yeah. different yes. ways. So we'll that's, take it. That's still pay. I yes. mean, that's how I feel about music. It's like, oh, I have all these streams, but it's like, I'm not really making money. But then it's like, hmm, I am getting like Frito Nairs and stuff. So hey, it's not too bad. And Not like, a bad life. Not at all. Like underground snacks. It's like, oh, I'm getting like candy and chips and things. So it's like, Mm, well, take what you can we get have it, snacks for you to go home with, oh. like homemade snacks we're yeah. sending you in the car with. I love snacks. In your Honda Civic? Yes, in my Honda Civic that I just got last summer. Uh, so <laughs> did this car inspire the song or the other <laughs> way around? No, no, no. I used to have a Honda Civic and uh, the guy I was dating at the time when I went to L.A., we had broken up and I was like messaging him like, hey, like, how can I get my car? Like, I can send someone to come pick it up. Never got a response and then never got my car back. So I like... <laughs> have no idea where that car is. It was, like, my first car that I had really, like, I saved up money. And I, like, it was a 2007 Honda Civic Coupe, silver. It had, like, a purple Honda emblem on it and everything. It was so nice for me at the time. (laughs) After just driving, like, I was driving a Toyota Corolla and, like, the bottom, like, rusted out. I was like, oh, my God, like, this isn't safe to be on the road. So I got in that. I have no idea where it is now. And that's kind of, that's what Honda Civic, the song, is about. It's, like... It's probably somewhere like it. I had a license plate. I don't know how to find it. Like, do I report it stolen? Like, it's probably just too late. Wow, it's probably that's in very the brazen. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's like a absurd story. And how does that fit into the trilogy? My, how I didn't have my car. Well, just like that <laughs> song being part of it. I well, guess coming out of tri- well, first song of trilogy was Honda Civic, and that was kind of like breaking away out of an abusive relationship and going somewhere and starting new so in the video where i like crashed the car that was kind of representative of me you know ending all that and starting over i climbed out of the car with the mouth guard in and i like walked away laughing like it's just like being resilient and coming out of something awful to do better things and then from that we went to i love me i hate me that song i worked in a pizza shop in that video, but that was supposed to represent me working in Tim Hortons. <laughs> I'm like throwing pizza boxes at the woman in the video. Anyway, I like quit that job because I wanted to pursue music. So in that video, it's like flashing back and forth between like my old life and like the life that I'm aspiring to achieve of like, you know, these nice hotel rooms and like 
magazine covers and it, we had all these prop magazines that were made and it's like all these like tabloids. It's like, oh, Maggie smoking cigarettes. And there's a picture of me from high school where I have like literal like cigarettes in my nose and like five cigs in my mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's like just stuff like that. It's like, you know, fighting between I love myself, but there's these points in your head where you kind of feel like you hate yourself at the same time. And then we went from that and then into survival mode, which is about being, you know, you're doing the things that you need to do to survive and just, you don't, well, me, I don't want people to ever really feel bad for me. I never wanted like sympathy from people for things that I've gone through in my life because I don't like when people feel bad for me. I really more so just like when people acknowledge the cool things that I'm doing now instead of just, you know, being like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I'm like, it is what it is. Like, I can't go back and like change it. So that whole song is basically, yeah, just about, you know, being in survival mode. And it's not that when people come close to me, I don't want them to to be there. But I'm so used to doing things by myself because it's just, you know, survival of the fittest. I got to do what I got to do and be where I need to be to survive. And at the end of the video, I sunk my head in a bathtub because one time I tried to kill myself in a bathtub and it didn't work. I did like dropped a hairdryer into that. It didn't work. And then. Ever, ever since that, I like never did it again. So glad it didn't work because I'm oh. here now. And yeah, it's just like, so we put that in there just because that was like the moment in my life where I was like, I'm just, I'm never doing that again. Like that was dumb <laughs> for one and two, but it was in Yarmouth. So obviously the hairdryer probably like didn't even work. <laughs> like, <laughs> thank, thank God you know, Yarmouth sucks. Eh? <laughs> can't wait to go to Yarmouth in November. <laughs> but like, yeah, so it was just that. And, uh, yeah, never try that again. And I'm glad it didn't work because I'm here now to like do all this cool shit. And like, what the fuck was my little dumb, like 17 year old brain thinking at the time? Wow. Obviously well, not thinking much. Obviously very glad that did not work. I know. And me that too. you're here and <laughs> you. What a horrible experiment. <laughs> like Kristen said earlier, honestly, before you came, we're like, she's, she's a star. Like. Thanks guys. You've got everything going yeah. that is. Oh gonna skyrocket you to where you want to be Thanks, and <laughs> you went through these struggles and yeah i think anytime we all go through something we have to mm -hmm. look back at it and yeah okay this happened so i can be stronger or this happened so i could learn that yeah i don't i don't want to do this or i want to do this yeah sometimes mm -hmm. things point you in what you should be doing what you shouldn't be doing yeah but. Not big on, like, the everything happens for a reason because that's, like, dumb. But, like, just certain things that happen in your life put you on a path to what, you know, you sh want to do yeah. or what you feel you should be doing. And when bad things happen, if you're able to come out of those, you have to be resilient and just find a way to use, like, your trauma or your sadness or your sad experience as something to push you into, like, the next good thing. Where it's like, like, I always said, like, everything I ever went through, it happened and it sucked and it was bad. But if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have been able to write the songs or, you know, go to L.A. or do any of those things because it wouldn't have happened that way. I probably would have still been like working at Tim Hortons like and mm -hmm. like had a kid by now or something. And I'm glad that didn't happen. <laughs> so it's, it's so powerful, too, that you've been able to capture it in the music video form mm -hmm. because often the music video is an extension of marketing not yep. always and i don't mean to belittle the effort that goes yeah. in 
just hearing you talk about it, the viewer doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily know these stories about you. So for me, like it really highlights your creativity as well. Like I'm going to put these pieces of myself in this. You don't have to know this about me to appreciate the video, Mm -hmm. but now hearing you talk about it makes me love it even more. Yeah. Working on that with Andy, like he's one of my best friends in the world. So he knows my whole life story. You know, he's kind of been following me since I was, you know, 14 in my room, just like recording covers and posting them on Instagram. And then, you know, then I got older and we're both in L.A. And then we became like the best of friends and we really met and spent time together and just shared stories about things. And it just kind of blossomed from there. And he really when we were doing the treatments for the videos, I'm telling him all these stories so that we can try and make them reflect, you know, the true thing of my life. And on set, I remember there's one scene in the Honda Civic video where uh, Dave and I, who played my boyfriend in the video, were screaming at each other in the video. And I remember people having to, like, leave the the house that we were in just because it was so intense and, like, people were, like, crying. And I was yeah. like, oh, my God, like... I'm an actor. <laughs> I think I'm going to win an Oscar. <laughs> How was it emotionally for you? Um, on a, I think it was actually good because when you're doing stuff like that, it's like reliving your trauma in a controlled environment where you're kind of the, like you're leading whatever's happening. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't mind it. I actually really enjoyed it. And then ever since we did the trilogy, I get texts from Andy all the time. He's like, you're one of the best actors that I know. And I'm like, wow, like maybe I really should like pursue my acting career. Don't know what I should be in, but like anyone in Nova Scotia, if you're shooting a short film, like (laughs) call me. Um, But I really enjoyed doing those just because it was like, yeah, it was definitely reliving parts of my life, but in a better way. And also knowing that it's this art project that we're going to put out and it, and I got to be on set with all of my best friends and like, I got to hire who I wanted to be in the videos. And one of them, I hired my twin brothers to be my security personnel. And like, mm-hmm. it was just cool to have, you know, my best friends and and have Andy and stuff and the whole crew. Like, they were all so amazing. And just to be able to make that. And they all felt like it was a really special thing. Finishing up that project yeah. and essentially going through the traumas you mm-hmm. experienced do you feel like it was a cathartic thing for you where you got to move past it and, yeah, and own so. it, I guess? I feel like it kind of like got past a lot of the things. It was like even in real life, like when I went through that breakup, I was living in L.A. I remember my brother was like, you're handling it so well. And it was like, you know, I was living with my boyfriend at the time. We had a dog like we had like a, a life together, basically. And it was like we broke up. I was like, all right, cool. Like on to the next thing. Like. I can't sit here and be sad. I need to like use it as fuel to be successful and like just to show other people like if something happens to you, you don't have to sit and wallow in your sadness for your whole life because with everything that happened to me, it's like I could have let that in for a while. You know, I was depressed and like suicidal and had all of these struggles, but it was like at some point you have to be able to get up and like bring yourself back to life and just know that you know, those things are always going to be there, but you have to push past it because nobody else is going to do it for you. You have to be, you know, you have to be like a champion in the situation and just friggin' fight through that. Like, cause if I, I, there were times, you know, I didn't think that I was going to, and I, I think about it all the time. Like there are people who have gone through what I've gone through and unfortunately they just, 
you know, they spiraled and it they couldn't get out of it. And I was like, I just, I don't want that to happen to me. So I just remember like every day I would wake up and be like, okay, I got to write a song today or I have to like do something artistic because that's what I am going to have to show for. Cause no mm-hmm. matter what, if in it, like if I didn't, I was like, I'm letting the people that brought me down be they're winning by me not doing well. So I'm just like, fuck that. <laughs> like I'm just going to do everything and I'm going to just like keep moving up the ladder and just do all the things I wanted to do anyway, but do them better. It's inspiring to hear that, I guess, empowerment that was part of you, that mm-hmm. determination. Yeah. For some people that really drives them, like I'm going to prove them wrong mm-hmm. or, but that's like you're described. That's not the case for everyone. Yeah. And rightfully so. Like we can, we yeah. can understand that not everyone can, can yeah, kind of I mean, grab that. If rope. I wasn't able, like if I didn't have my brother Trevor and he was like, come be and like live with us out here, like I probably would have went a different route in life because I don't know what would have happened to me. But because I had that and I'm so thankful for that every day, like he was there like motivating me, pushing me, like telling me that I'm good at what I'm doing and like all this stuff. And then it's like that's so having a support system is really important. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, obviously, I didn't have that. But once I started to feel like I had that, I was in a different place. So it's like I was lucky enough not to be having to like revisit all the places that bad yeah. things were happening and happening to me and like actual like, physical environment yeah when i yeah. moved back i remember i like got my car and i took a drive and i just like went every like i went to like my old house that i used to live in i went like to our old apartment i went to like the places that we used to hang out just to like see how it would make me feel and i did that i like go and sit and i'd think about it and i'd be like all right now i'm here it's time has passed it's been like three years like those things aren't in those walls anymore it's like there's like a new family living in that house and it's probably like a way better life like so I just thought about that and then I just revisited that just to see because if something happened to me or like if I needed to go to therapy and like fix myself because I was like fucked up but no it was good it was very like therapeutic to just be able to do that and like have the freedom to go there but also be able to leave because there was a time when I lived there it was like I felt like I was trapped and I couldn't leave. So it was nice to like go check it out, leave and like go get ice cream or something like biting ice biting cream. Yeah. Ice cream. <laughs> My what teeth a are good sensitive. segue, baby. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're a good actress. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about your next single. Uh, got this new song, Biting Ice Cream. Uh, it's a little bit of a little bit of a different thing for me i when i did the song i definitely was just experimenting with like a different side of my personality and something that i hadn't done before it's a little rap pop rappy type song yes. with like a little like alternative flair to it because usually i'm making like alternative pop music so it was cool to just try like you know making music at a faster tempo and like a little more spicy lyrics where it's like taking time to write the song outside of like a personal experience. It was like, you know, making a song where I don't have to be like, oh, here's a story of my life that was sad. Let's write about it. It's like, let's write about like, like I, we wrote it cause I got a grill, which was supposed to be for the trilogy, but I got my first grill, went home to the, or we were staying in an Airbnb in Modesto, California. Um, I was with Sunsetto, Kyle Mischek. We wrote the song together and, uh, it was just a cool afternoon. It was like 40 degrees Celsius there, which was crazy. We're in there, had this beat. We started writing lyrics. We we're like, yeah, biting ice cream. Like, 
your mouth is icy, like you're biting ice cream. I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's me and my grill. Yes. Let's do it. And then we just kept writing that. We were like, what are things that like make me feel confident or like a bad bitch or like whatever? Like what's going to make people feel like they just want to dance or like, you know? So that's kind of what happened with that song. And it was pretty cool to uh, do that. Been sitting on it for a little minute now. And I worked on it with Corey LaRue. I sent it to him in February. I was like, hey, I have this song. Sent it to him. 30 minutes later, he was like, I got some. And I was like, all right, sick. And then we just kept going back and forth. And then it was done. And now I'm really excited. It's it's a new song. First single of the year. Um, yeah, good tune for spring i guess but definitely it's it's a little bit different than what i would usually do because i'm not a rapper but i could be um yeah so it was i don't know it was just nice to try something else i guess maybe like doja cat is a slight influence mm -hmm. on just that style of song and well uh, and it sounds like you're different so of yeah. course that will be reflected <laughs> in your music yeah i mean i don't really think i'm gonna be a rapper for like a long period of time uh, i think it's just like a little a little treat, you know, mm -hmm. for for the fans. <laughs> Give them a little something to bring them into spring and like, you know, a little upbeat tune. Not so, because my last song, geez, Little Bitch, that, <laughs> that was a spicy one. Um, but yeah, so we just moved into something more pop, more up-tempo, because I was writing a lot of really slow songs, which it's so easy to sink into that, like, oh, let's write this song. It's easy to write slow songs, mm -hmm. faster songs, harder to write so i'm glad to have something that's coming out and i'm excited i hope hope everybody likes it i mean it seems like the reaction is like pretty good so far so i can't wait well yeah we're we're excited to see where this song takes you where all the releases you put out yeah. take you and just to see what happens with your career Thanks. and at the ecmas we're excited Thanks, to <laughs> see uh see you on stage for the first oh, time and <laughs> Since you were in high school, I guess. I know, like I'm I feel like it'll be good. Uh I'm excited for like the one song that I'm playing with the band on guitar. Really yeah. excited for that. My uh friend Ash who passed away, his guitar that we wrote all my songs on, I'm inheriting it and uh, it's coming in the mail, so Is that I, what you'll use at the show? I believe so. But I also did just buy one of Willie's guitars, so We'll see if as long as it comes here, I'll play that guitar. But if it doesn't, I'll be playing Willie's cool guitar that he plays behind his head sometimes. <laughs> so we'll see. But I'm excited. I love electric guitar. And I'm excited to uh, rock out with a full band. I just yes. feel like I'm glad I can have that. My whole dream was to play songs with a band. So I'm glad I'll have that part and with a cool band at yeah. that. I've got the coolest band. It might feel like a lot of pressure to say something like this, but it just it almost feels inevitable that you will have everything that Thanks. you dream of. <laughs> like it just feels so I don't want to say easy because it's not at all easy to live this life. Mm -hmm. it feels just very natural. Yeah. And like, yeah, we're right now sitting with you in this moment of your I life. This moment. Um, we're but so I, present. <laughs> yeah, we'll do this. We'll do this again because I. I just know with every fiber of my body that thank you. you're that's, lighting it up. That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, I just I think I just gotta do these performances. And my goal this year was to perform live twice, once at the ECMAs and once at Music Week. So hopefully that'll like that'll help. And maybe in between, who knows? Maybe a little something in the summertime. Not sure, but uh it'll be good just to get that over with and mm -hmm. move from there and not, it'll be a good learning experience and yeah. 
I'm, and aside from that, where should we invite people to listen to your music, learn more about you? Invite them to listen to my music at the casino on May 6th at the ECMA. No, uh, yeah, uh, it's Maggie D. Andrew on every social media. Don't forget the D in between uh, my name. What's the D stand for? Dillis. I have two middle names, but uh, somebody has the handle Maggie Andrew, but they haven't used that account in forever. So I just like can't get it. So Maggie D. Andrew on everything, MaggieDAndrew.com. And on any streaming service, it's just Maggie Andrew. And you can find me anywhere on the internet. Definitely even on Google. Everything will come up. Brilliant. Deep on the internet. Awesome, bud. Well, thanks for being here. And in like two years when you're famous, we (laughs) hope that you'll come back here. And chat with us so we can hear all your new stories and all the friends that you've made along the way. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for awesome. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) What's this segment called again? This would be the official introduction. This is the introduction of our podcast with Maggie Andrew, episode 50 something or other. I don't know off the (laughs) top of my head. 57. 57, 58. People probably buzz through all our episodes just to get to the introduction, I expect. Yeah, yeah that's what I do. It's a, it's a good good part of it's the show. It's a good segment, yeah. 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 And what do you have to say for this week's introduction? Well, I will be launching my Mother's Day minis collection on Sunday. If you sign up for my newsletter, you get early access to this 12-piece collection of mini paintings that I do every year for Mother's Day. They're kind of Mother's Day themed and titled, and they usually sell out. So I give my newsletter subscribers an early peek at those, and then I'll put them up on social media the day after. Nice. Well, yeah, every year they seem to go pretty quick. Yeah, it's something different for a Mother's Day gift, and it's kind of a good price point. They're like 50 to $75, yeah. so hopefully there's something in there special for your ma. How do people join your newsletter? If you just go to my website, actually, a window will pop up and take you right bang. to the link. To pop. Yes, I, ho- I wish it made the bang noise. Pop, pow, We'll see what we can you, do. You You're can, a sound engineer. You should be able to maybe do that. I'm not a web developer, though. <laughs> I can I can record that sound, but I don't know how to make it happen on your website. Okay, well that's halfway there. Yeah. Pop, pop. Well, let's make some sounds for Maggie's episode too and her brilliance. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maggie, Maggie, ow, 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 whoa, pop, whoa, pop, whoa. pop, 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 pop. That's yeah, that, how we feel. Well, yeah, it was an awesome chat, and or you could just go listen to her music. Listen to her music. Listen to those sounds. Writing ice creams out now. She's got the trilogy and a bunch of other songs, and uh, yeah, she's overcome a lot of things in her life that she's pushed on through and led her to where she's at, where she's in an amazing place, and just uh, excited to see where things will take her. Totally. We're so glad she spent some time with us this week and hope you guys enjoyed listening. Okay, folks, we'll be back next week and much love and see you soon. Cheers. Bye.